Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Theology Matters with the Blues. I am one half of your hosting duo, Melissa Palou, and my husband Evan um, is not on the air with me tonight, but I uh, guarantee you that um, our guest will um, definitely, um, uh, you will be encouraged and you will learn and we will have a great discussion um, uh, coming up here on the show. All right. So, um, first of all, just wanted to um, bring everyone up to speed with um, where we are and what we're doing um, and um, on the campus and um, with uh, getting ready for another busy semester at Winthrop University through Arashio Christi Ministry. We've actually been very busy this summer um, doing a, a youth group, Arashio uh, Christi College Prep. And through College Prep, what we're doing is we're training um, uh, high school students ages 13, 18, to um, be prepared uh, for the onslaught of uh, the assaults on the Christian worldview before they get to the campus. So um, we see that as um, a proactive approach um, in addition to being a presence on the campus where the students are um, uh, facing these, these um, attacks. So and these, these uh, various ideas that they may not be familiar with. So we've um, had a great time this summer uh, doing that, but we are geared up for a very busy semester, and um, we um, covet your prayers um, for uh, our students who, are, who will be coming back to campus, and also that we'll get the opportunity to meet um, uh, new students, uh, freshmen or, or upperclassmen, um, who um, either uh, know the truth and just don't understand why they believe what they believe, or um, those who are skeptical of the Christian faith, um, because we do um, serve a dual purpose in that we do minister to both of uh, these various groups on campus. So um, definitely appreciate uh, your prayers, and you can learn more about our ministry through uh, the link provided um, in the show description. Um, but uh, on to our show for today. Um, I'm super excited. It's something that a show that I've been looking forward to for a while. Um, we're actually going to be discussing um, a topic that um, obviously is a hot button topic. It's a topic that brings out the best and the worst of people in, in terms of dialogue. Um, and a, a topic that there's a lot of confusion on. We're going to be um, discussing uh, the G LGBTQ um, agenda. Uh, we will be discussing um, as Christians how do we respond, how do we think about this issue, um, and also how do we reach those who are um, a part of the movement, and how do we um, approach this um, uh, with, uh, this topic um, with uh, anyone who we're discussing it with? Um, how do we how do we approach this topic um, with truth and love? And um, as you all know, this uh, it's a huge part of. Uh, the heart of, of Devin and mine is to reach those who um, are in the LGBTQ community. Um, we, um, there's a, a, a presence in our campus ministry um, as well as in the community that we, um, that we just have a heart for. And so uh, this is uh, huge and uh, really still a, a, a large part of our um, ministry in this area has been um, actually educating the church 
to uh, not be afraid to uh, talk about this topic, um, to not be afraid to engage on this topic, and to not be afraid to reach out to uh, our neighbors and those who are um, struggling with this issue or who, um, you know, may have uh, family members or um, who may be confused about their sexuality. So with me today is a, a very special guest. Um, and uh, you'll hear from her why her experience and her uh, understanding and knowledge of this topic um, is very applicable to where we are currently um, as a nation and as a church. But my good friend Cameron Hodge. Um, Cameron is an apologist. Um, she holds a BA in Global Affairs in, uh, in International Development and Masters of Public Administration um, in response to the call of God, Cameron earned a Master's of Divinity in Christian Apologetics from Liberty University in the summer of 2018, and currently she helps to guide a chapter of Russia 50 at UNC Greensboro, so we're co-laborers in the same ministry, and she assists in guiding uh, youth taking charge as another campus ministry. Um, she's an entrepreneur, she owns her own business, um, lives uh, in North Carolina. Um, her website we will be uh, will, will be linked here in the show description, and we um, have been had the opportunity, the wonderful opportunity to minister together in different uh, uh, venues and, and uh, aspects. So, Cameron, uh, I am very happy to have you here with us. Are you there with me, hon? Yes, I'm here. Okay, great. <laughs> I'm so glad that we were able to put this show together. Um, I know we had some logistical issues initially, but I'm just really excited to have you. Um, and to jump into this Thank topic, you. and I know we we met what maybe is it has it been maybe um I'm thinking when we did that apologetics conference up in Boone that may have been what three years ago or so, and um, I know yeah uh, me, yeah is that about yeah about right and at that uh, particular conference I know that we both were actually talking uh, presenting on similar topics because I did talk a, a talk right. on race. And I believe you did a talk on race as well. Um, um, and then mm -hmm. I had also done a, an LGBT talk. And um, But, yeah, so that was um, how our paths initially crossed. And then, of course, through the Minister of Rachel Christie. And um, mm -hmm. we were just recently um, up at your church in Greensboro, North Carolina, um, doing a, yeah. a, an event around the topic, a panel on abortion, um, just last month. So we um, have... Mm -hmm. Me and Devin have, have just been blessed to, to know you. And then more recently, um, pertaining to this particular topic, um, I've heard uh, Cam, uh, Cameron speak a couple times on the, the topic of uh, LGBTQ ministry, both at um, Southern Evangelical Seminary at uh, a recent conference and uh, at the Youth Apologetic Conference here in Charlotte in July, where um, I was serving that week, and she was one of the speakers. And I'll tell you, my um, uh, I, I led a small group of students, of girls, and we had a discussion about your talk, and it just brought up so many good questions and 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 um, awesome and 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 clarity. Your talk did, and we had we had such a, a great discussion. And and I'll share a little more about uh, just the conversation that came out of that um, that whole thing. But um, just very blessed and thankful to have you here with us today. Thanks, I appreciate it. Yes, ma'am. So, um, Cameron, just um, before we jump into the, the subject matter, um, let my listeners know um, just your personal connection to this topic and why 
it is uh, dear, uh, near and dear to your heart? Well, um, my personal connection is is that I used to be same-sex attracted. So in layman's terms, that means that um, I used to be attracted to women. Um, I started experiencing same-sex attraction um, when I was younger, um, in my early teens, and um, eventually I ended up having a um, a girlfriend um, when I was younger in my teenage years, and that was my only relationship. But what happened was is that I was I dealt with being attracted to women and that struggle as I got older and then eventually became a Christian when I was 18. And that's um, really where the struggle um, was the hardest was coming in contact with the truth and trying to reconcile that with the emotional um, affections and and different things that I had. So I think that's why I, I, enjoy but still a call to deal with this issue um, because I see that there are a lot of people in the church who deal with things that's attraction um, who may not know how to navigate those waters and so I feel called to help people do that and as well as help equip the church to minister to those within the church who are same-sex attracted attracted and even deal with and even deal with and minister to those who may not be Christian who are same-sex attracted, who are homosexual, who are lesbian, who are bisexual, who are transgender, um, who may have issues with Christianity or may be considering Christianity but don't know how to navigate those waters um, as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, as you point out, just even through your own personal experience from um, before Christ and after Christ, um, many times that struggle is still there. And so um, Mm -hmm. this topic um, obviously is is applicable as we minister to the world, but it's also applicable in the church as we help our brothers and sisters who um, Mm -hmm. have have these these sort of attractions and feelings. So um, I'm just, I'm glad that we're able to have a forum where we can, we can talk about it and where people Mm -hmm. are um, actually saying, coming out, you know, believers are coming out and saying, you know, I am same-sex attracted or I was same-sex attracted or I was Mm -hmm. in, you know, homosexual relationships um, without Mm -hmm. um, the the feeling of, oh, well, um, okay, I'm not going to ever go near that person again kind of thing um, as if, um, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, you know, you don't, as if it's catchy, a disease contagious or something of that nature, but right. um, I just, I pray we, we come to a point as a, as a church where people can be bolder about their testimonies um, for the sake of others who are struggling, so I'm just very, right. very I'm thankful for you, I'm thankful, I'm, I know that God has raised you up for, for such a time as this to, to talk about this issue, and to bring bring awareness um, and, and understanding, so um, so you, you've talked, basically you have, you've already talked about why we need to talk about this, right, we there's there's people who are struggling and when we're uh, we want to reach people we want people to have intimacy with Christ ultimately and so we, mm-hmm. we can't not avoid talking about this issue but let me ask you this though um, what mm-hmm. do you say to uh, to a person who um, says for instance well um, uh, we shouldn't talk about this like we should just we should just preach the gospel um, and then therefore um, just that, that this is something that we shouldn't talk about. Let the politicians talk about it. You know, let let other people talk about it. But 
as Christians, let's just preach the gospel and let's not even touch this issue. Well, I have an issue with that because we have to understand that people people have issues that they're dealing with that make it hard for them to receive the gospel. Um, and, and so as, as Christians, our goal is to make disciples and to be witnesses of the truth. And so people need truth in some of the, the sin and some of the issues that they're dealing with so that they can see the light of the gospel. There are a lot of people who are blinded. That's like, you know, that's like if, if somebody's blind, you know, if you're not helping them with their blindness, they're not going to see anything that you're doing. You could be pointing them, right. you could be pointing them in the right direction all day, but if you have not right. dealt with the root of their blindness, they will never see. And so I sometimes I think that's a cop out too for some mm-hmm. Christians to not deal with these controversial issues. Um, some people just quite frankly don't don't think it's necessary. Some people are scared because they don't know about this issue. Um, and mm-hmm. some people just have an aversion, I think, too, to people who um, are same-sex attracted. So they just don't want anything to do with this subject. But that is not the heart of God, um, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and I just think that it's, it's, it's wrong to say that. It's wrong to say that we should only just preach the gospel. This helps mm-hmm. them to get it. This helps bring them to the gospel message. Right, right. It's not an either or, and sometimes we right. um, make those those uh, distinctions that that don't that don't need to be mm-hmm. made in terms of either or. And um, and uh, you, even you know as you, you talked about kind of um, you know clearing the way for the gospel. That that picture of apologetics even right. We're clearing the brush yes. in front of a person. Uh, those those bushes and those those sh- the trees and all the, the all, everything. Yes. Those things that are clouding their view from the gospel through the apologetics and through answering questions and through dealing with uh, someone's, uh, their, yes. their issues and their topics that are, that are dear to them, we're clearing the brush and pointing them so that they can see, clearly see the gospel. Yes. And um, kind of what yes. Dave Geiser uh, talks about is, is free evangelism, um, which right. you know, opens the door for the gospel message. So I'm absolutely um, totally, totally agree with you uh, on that. And um, there's a quote in your presentation um, that really stands out to me um, that when you shared, if you yourself are mm-hmm. not convinced about what God says, it'll be hard to encourage someone else to be. And um, yes. I was actually just talking to um, a parent about this um, who is concerned about a child um, who, um, you know, is struggling. And um, the child is just um has taken on the face of the parent, but doesn't appear that the child is convinced of Christianity, and and they had wanted us to um to really to talk and counsel mm-hmm. in that situation. But yeah, uh, flesh that out for us a little bit. Like what, what you where you coming from there? Yeah. So um that that part of the presentation, I was dealing with um you know with some ways on how to reach um the LGBTQ. Um, your LGBTQ neighbor, and um, one of the things I, I said or was trying to get across was that we do a, a lot of times, um, especially you know maybe those those who are younger will do an apologetics or you know what we're witnessing or whatever um, because that's just our duty as a Christian. 
but a lot of us have questions and even doubt some of the things that we're supposed to be defending. So even when it comes to the whole issue of LGBTQ and Christian, being LGBTQ in Christianity, there are many Christians who just simply do not have, possess a biblical worldview concerning sexuality. And so, but yet they cover it up. And so it will be hard for you to be an effective witness if you yourself are not convinced about what the Bible says concerning sexuality and other things in general, because you, you don't even believe this. So it's going to be hard for you to encourage somebody else to believe what the Bible says. And I think sometimes you, you may get caught up in, while you're talking to somebody, you're still trying to convince yourself. And I think, you know, that's applicable. I mean, we, I guess there's this assumption that, okay, this person, um, this person's a Christian, they believe, um, they, they're, um, they, they are, their mind has been completely renewed to the word of God mm-hmm. and they have, they mm-hmm. possess a biblical worldview in all areas, but, um, we're right. finding that, uh, to be not the case that people, um, have no, uh, no. either, they have just been either failed to be trained in biblical worldview or, they just may be, mm-hmm. you know, um, they may be resistant to some parts of, of it or, you know, what ha- a variety of things that could be the case. But um, mm-hmm. we're talking about the uh-huh. worldview on, on sexuality. Um, what What is it? What is the biblical? Because, you know, we hear that all the time, don't we? The biblical worldview mm-hmm. on sexuality. And what does that boil down to? What What, what is, um, mm-hmm. when it comes to marriage and when it comes to sexuality, what is God's standard? You know, I've I've um, looked at some statistics um, over the past year or so um, that say that only between 17 and 19 percent of Christians possess a biblical worldview. So, mm-hmm. our, so my question is, what other view are professing Christians holding? That's that's mm-hmm. that's wild. Um, so that that that's why having a biblical worldview is so important. Um, but as far as the biblical worldview concerning sexuality mm-hmm. and um, and and sexual relationships, the biblical worldview says that marriage is between one man and one woman, um, and therefore sex should also be is only designed for marriage, the confines of marriage between one man and one woman. Um, you know, as I said in the presentation, you can look at Matthew chapter 19, verses 4 um, through 6, where Jesus specifically talks about um, um, God making man and woman, and the man leaves his father and mother and joins his wife, and the two are united um, as one. Mm-hmm. Marriage is also designed for procreation and intimacy and to reflect uh, Christ's relationship with the church. We see that outlined in Genesis chapter 1 and chapter 2. Also, concerning this issue, the Bible only gives two sexes, male and female. And so so this idea that people can choose their sexuality um, outside of what they were physically born with um, is not right. And you can't, you can't, there's people, people who believe you can be male and female. There are people who believe that you can be male, be born a male, and then turn into a female. There are people who believe that you can um, be neither, 
Um, there are people who believe that you can be something um, outside of male and female. Um, so there are different I, – I think um, I was listening to the director of the Trevor Project, which is an organization that helps LGBTQ youth um, um, who are um, considering suicide. And he said that there are over 100 sexual identities out there right now. But the Bible is clear that there are only two sexes again, and that sex is designed for for marriage between a man and a woman. That's the biblical worldview. And um, thank you for for laying that out. So basically this this idea of of, uh, what the Bible says about marriage being between one man and one woman and, and sexuality mm-hmm. uh, being expressed only in the marriage, so that you know, so this all this excludes fornication, this excludes uh, homosexuality, this excludes right. uh, the whole um, the polyamorous relationships, adultery, have, swinging, uh, yes, yeah, adultery, swinging, all of that. So that I mean, just it simply mm-hmm. just gets to the chase and cuts out all of that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as you were right. referring to all the different gender expressions and identities now, I remember um, with my talk even, um, giving it recently on, uh, you know, uh, reaching your LGBT neighbor, and uh, I had not updated it in a while. And I had, because I've been mm-hmm. giving the same presentation. And, I'm, you know, and I was thinking, man, I, as I was going through the material, I'm like, I was realizing that some of these uh, things have even evolved in the last year mm-hmm. or so, since I, since I created that presentation in terms of gender and identity. So, I mean, you can be trans lesbian now. Uh, yeah, it, yeah mm-hmm. there's so many. I mean, it, it's really hard to boggle and to get your mind around it. And um, it's just, uh, again, just beautiful how the, the scripture lays out uh, God's plan. And we see that when. Um, it, it, just even per, on, on a societal level, um, on a personal level, uh, when we do what uh, do things God's way, that uh, we are better off by far because He ultimately designed us. He designed our bodies. He didn't make mistakes. Um, he designed uh, sex. <laughs> he didn't make mistakes. He did not mm-hmm. make a mistake, and so He designed right. the whole reproductive system. And so his design fits with not just with uh, with uh, uh, physiologically, but in a a, a mental emotional uh, state as well yes. that he has designed for for family that he lays out clearly in the script throughout the scriptures is designed for men, women, children, and, and that sort of thing. So um, it's just it it um, it's interesting when when people. When, what do you say when people say that? Well, it it doesn't seem it, it seems it doesn't seem clear. It seems like maybe, you know, the old that might have been Old Testament, you know, but now we're just, you know, this is a new day and age, and um, things have progressed, and um, and you even see this in progress, uh, what they would consider like progressive Christianity. You know, we are absolutely we're in a progressive progressive mm-hmm. state of of thinking and in, in terms of ethics. Mm-hmm. And so we're not mm-hmm. as fit on on that that those those clear lines of definition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well. Yeah. How, um, how well, the we, fr- how do we engage? The first thing I will say is that 
your thinking may have expanded, but nature hasn't. So when we look at the natural world and we go back to natural law, you can say all day that there are 1,500 sexes out there, but when babies are born, typically they're either male or female unless they have, unless there's some kind of um, gender amb- ambiguity there. So that so the notion that we can just make up sexual identities, you can make them up, but it doesn't make that actually true. Secondly, secondly, though society has, I, I, I personally wouldn't even call it progressing, but that's a whole nother, yeah. that's a whole other topic, but mm-hmm. I'll use that mm-hmm. for this. So though society has quote unquote pro- progressed, it does not stop truth from being truth. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I think that in our, you know, in, with, with, with all of our intellect and our technology and all of our, our and all of our, all of the social, all of our social progressions and things like that, we still have to remember that at the end of the day, the truth is still truth. And as a Christian, your standard for truth is the word of God. And so unless you try to change the word of God, which people are doing now, you will still Mm -hmm. be confronted with the fact that there are only two sexes and that God has only designed sex for marriage between one man and one woman. That's it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's, you know, again, that's what we do right in the the apologetics world, right, is we present objective Mm -hmm. truth. So regardless of Mm -hmm. how I feel, you know, if I, I mm-hmm. don't, if I, if I feel like God doesn't exist, I still must work through these uh, these issues of the origin of the universe and the origin of man and right. You know, objective morality, and so that is, um, and it's the same here. Objectivity is is just that. Truth is truth is that which corresponds to reality. Reality is just that. Um, and um, you 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 shared in your presentation that um, these roadblocks. Um, to possess in the biblical worldview, which people personally feel pressure um, to mm-hmm. um, to to compromise or to fold uh, mm-hmm. when it comes to the biblical worldview of sexuality. What are some of these um, these roadblocks that you see more most prevalently? Yeah. So in the pre- presentation, I um, emphasized three that I see most often. Um, the first is social pressure. So that means it, it's kind of like what we were just talking about. We're seeing laws being changed um, that that support the LGBTQ lifestyle. We're seeing churches change their doctrine. Um, you know, I, I <laughs> we're seeing churches that are becoming um, LGBTQ affirming. Um, we're seeing Bibles like the Queen James version of the Bible, and I brought it. I brought it to that um, to the conference, and I. Oh, and I forgot to I forgot to bring it on stage with me. I was like, oh my goodness. Yeah, yeah. so we have things like the Queen James Bible where people come in and they um I actually wrote a refute of it for one of my MDiv classes. But um mm. so we have things like the Queen James Bible where people go in where people are actually trying to change what the Bible says. And so we have all of these social pressures. We have more people who are affirming um this lifestyle even in the church. I was reading some statistics about the church and how there's a, the, of course, and we know this, 
that more and more people in, in, who are Christians believe that same-sex marriage should be supported by the church and believe that it should be um, affirmed by Christians. So we have all these social pressures. So, so some people are going to feel like, well, you know, maybe I need to change my mind. We also see that, um, too, having friends or loved ones who are LGBTQ um, can really be a roadblock to mm-hmm. obtaining and keeping a biblical worldview because the last thing you want to do is tell your loved one that what they're doing is wrong. Um, mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and because this issue is so personal to people, when they hear that, they hear you telling them you are wrong. Mm-hmm. Also, three... Um, if you're experiencing sexual identity issues yourself, it's hard for you to come out and say something is wrong or not godly or is sinful or something needs to change when you yourself are doing it and you yourself are experiencing it. And as someone who has experienced this, you know, this is our sexuality is part of it's, it's part of who God made us to be. He gave us our sexuality. You know, it's 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 part of the procreation process. It's part of the intimacy that we get to enjoy with our spouse. Mm-hmm. So God gave us this. And so because of sin, our, our affections and our emotions have been, um, have been corrupted. So that's why we have effects, affections like this. And so when you tell somebody, I remember this, when you, I remember being told this, when you tell somebody that their affections are wrong, they're hearing you say, I am wrong. Mm-hmm. And to a certain extent, we are, if we're not redeemed, right? Because our nature mm-hmm. is bad. That's why we need Jesus. Yeah. Jesus. But the thing is, mm-hmm. is that, you know, it's not, it's, 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 it's a sin problem that we all have to get fixed by Jesus. It's not just because you're just LGBTQ. No, no, no. We all needed Jesus. Right. So, yeah, so those are some of the roadblocks that keep people from possessing a biblical worldview concerning sexuality. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's um, interesting because, you know, again, we both do ministry on college campus, and um, one of the I – di- I didn't grow up in church, so I didn't come to Christ yeah, until, yeah. you know, my, my, my 20s. And so um, mm-hmm. when I meet students who were raised, you know, in Christian homes, and they were, you know, raised with, with these very, you know, uh, with, with the biblical uh, – being taught a biblical worldview um, at mm-hmm. times, and then they get to campus, and but they've mm-hmm. never um they've never been around an LGBT person, right? They've never had mm-hmm. the opportunity to uh, engage or to have a relationship with with that with a person, a friendship with a person who was LGBT. Um, so mm-hmm. their whole, in, in a sense, they are uh, fearful of them, <laughs> or they have these mm-hmm. these preconceived preconceived mm-hmm. notions um, of what they uh-huh. will be like. The personality-wise and, and things like that, um, and then they mm-hmm. meet a person, uh, a person who is uh, LGBTQ for the first time, and in a campus mm-hmm. setting, and they say, "Wow, that person's super nice. Like they they are just mm-hmm. a wonderful person. Um, how could how could such a person? How could what they're doing be so bad? Maybe what they're doing isn't mm-hmm. so bad. Maybe um, mm-hmm. you know maybe it's just you know maybe the Maybe there's the I'm reading the Bible wrong, or maybe my family was wrong, or what have you, because they're again the social pressure as well as you know meeting someone or having mm-hmm. friends or loved ones who are a part of of the, the uh, LGBT uh, uh, movement and, and agenda. But mm-hmm. you know, it's uh, we are all going to if if you don't have a friend or family member who has come out yet, 
um, they either there is someone somewhere in your in your uh, it's very prevalent. Mm-hmm. There's someone either mm-hmm. that's hiding it or that you know you're gonna have to face, be faced with that. And that's one of the the questions that we get is what do I do with my kid? What do I do when my kid comes out? You know, to me. And um, as a Christian parent, um, how how do I respond? You know, and do I just mm-hmm. lend the book? Do I just pick them out? Do I you know um, Mm-hmm. The, what do I do? If you talk about uh, these um, these Jesus-centered relationships um, in your talk, one of the things I tell them is, first of all, don't like keep 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 in a, try to keep your poker face, right? Try to keep um, mm-hmm. try to stay calm as as you can, so that because the fact that they're mm-hmm. the fact that they're sharing that with you is a very personal thing. Yes. Um, yes. So start there. Just start. Just staying as calm as you can, <laughs> um, and then there and, and work and work from there. I know it's hard, um, but it's like you know, it's like with any you know, with with anything. Someone comes to you and they tell you that they've done something. You know, um, uh, we have to still uh, stay calm and and still point them to Christ in a in a way um, right. that 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 they need. But and you talk about building these Jesus centered relationships. Um, in um, that Luke 15 chapter that you that you talked about, um, talk talk about how that's applicable in terms of building the Jesus in relationships so we can minister to those in the LGBT community. Yeah, you know, so um, I was reading, um, I, I can't remember, I, I was some book on some book or something on on Generation Z, which is a generation after me. I'm a millennial, and so yeah. it, it was saying that third. 35% of Gen Z will either, I think, be LGBTQ or know somebody who's LGBTQ. That's 35%. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so, and we know that's going to grow. So that's going to be a, a normal, so that, that it already is for a lot of it. It's just a normal, and then it'll be a normal part of life. So as a, mm-hmm. so as a Christian in this society, how do you do, deal with that? Well, one, don't treat them like they have leprosy. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like as soon as soon as as soon as we hear somebody is homosexual or lesbian or or if someone tells you, you know, they're they're having issues with their their gender identity or something like that, we we don't we don't want to touch them even with a 10-foot pole. Um right. that is the perfect time to try to to ask questions, to try to understand where they're coming from and then just mm-hmm. walk alongside them. Um, you know, I had a friend who was transgender, and um, I met this person um, when I was doing a um, I was I was preaching somewhere. I think I and um, the person came up to me afterwards and said, you know, can I talk to you? And I was like, okay, cool. You know, so let's talk. And the person started crying, and she was she was crying, and 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 I said, you know, what's going on? What's your name? And she told me her name, and her name was actually a male name. So this was a man who had become a transgender woman who had went through the surgery and all of that. And so I was um, speaking in my area. So I, I gave, so I, I prayed with him and he, he looked at me with tears in his eyes and he says, I want to stop, but I don't know how. Mm-hmm. And so I said, you know what? You may not have faith for this. I said, but I do. I said, so I'm going to pray with you. So we prayed, and then I gave the person my number, and you know what? We hung out. 
We went to the movies. We hung out. And then a little while later, they ended up giving their life to the Lord. And one of the things that they said to me was, um, thank you for being a friend. And that was huge to me because he knew where I stood. Absolutely. But I didn't treat him. I didn't treat him like an outsider. I had another friend who was dealing with homosexuality and he and I actually, um, actually, because he was free from it, I mean, for a while. And so it was funny. I met him. He was dealing with it. And after several years later, he and I are actually sitting on a panel talking about it together. (laughs) So it was amazing. And one of the things he said was, he said, there were two people who helped me deal with this issue. And he said, one of them is here. And he said, and that's Mm. Tammy. And he said, she loved me out of my homosexuality. Now, of course, I didn't take this homosexuality and and throw it out the window. But what he was, but when he explained it, he said that I was one of the people to give him the space to talk about it and to grow Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and to mature Mm -hmm. to a place where that was no longer um, um, a place of bondage for him. And I think we have to be that safe place for people, you know, like those little safe place signs that you see with the mother with her arm on some building so that, Mm -hmm. you know, I think that's what Christians are supposed to be. But yet we just have a big red X on us. Like, don't come here. Right. I absolutely believe that we, we are the alternative to that, that safe zone area where um, the person can come and, uh, you know, if anyone's familiar with campuses and that, it's an area where it's supposed to be a, 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 whether it's an office or administrator's office mm-hmm. or something like that where an LGBT person can come and talk freely, openly about their sexuality, their their mm-hmm. challenges, their um, anything that they're experiencing regarding that. But again, why can't mm-hmm. us as believers be that? Why can't we? Um, we need to, um, you know, I, I, mm-hmm. I've seen I've seen people laugh at, you know, like I mean, obviously you see. Yeah. It does. It does kind of catch you off guard if you see someone that you know is of, of one gender and you see them completely um, dressed or mm-hmm. looking uh, or trying to look like another gender. It can, you know, initially right. catch you off guard. Um, but mm-hmm. to laugh, to jeer, to stare, to to um, treat the person like they're not a human being is not mm-hmm. going to. Uh, produce a, a, a an environment where they're going to come talk to you, where they're going to come and they're going to uh, uh, experience Christ's love for you, right? So mm-hmm. that's, I think, right. what you're saying is so very important that um, we have to um, be aware that the people who are dealing with these issues and with these feelings, they're very real feelings to them, and they're very personal, right? and they're very deep feelings. And some of it comes out of it comes from different places. Sometimes the place of place of hurt or or abuse or or it may not. But but we have to mm-hmm. um, really, I think, be sensitive. And I think that people assume that if you hang out with a person who is LGBT, um, that therefore you are approving of their behavior. Yeah, you're gay their too. Lifestyle. <laughs> yeah, and or that you're gay too. And so and I think I think with my I think with it's sometimes silly. with. With, with male students, that can be more of a challenge because, uh-huh. of course, mm-hmm. if they're hanging out with a, a gay male, then there's there can be this stigma. Um, but forget that. Mm-hmm. You know, if we're talking about Christ right. and we want that person to come to Jesus, who cares about stigmas? Who cares about what people think? Right. And, it, and it, you know, it's about reaching that person 
who needs Christ because we don't want them to be lost and to die without Jesus. Um, so that's something that right. we have to get a um, a backbone about as well. Um, so let's let's shift to just um, uh, hear about some of these objections and and answers um, mm-hmm. when it comes to mm-hmm. uh, the the LGBT lifestyle and how we can mm-hmm. engage and how we can how we can speak the truth um, and love to, in, in these mm-hmm. situations and these objections. Mm-hmm. Um, the first, um, most common, um, I would say, mm-hmm. um, I was born this way, so how could my homosexuality mm-hmm. be wrong? Right? I mean, I've heard God made me this way or something of that, yeah. something of that, <laughs> that makes, you know, that, that variety. Um, well, I, my first question a lot of times is, um, if I even deal with this, if I even go there, is yeah. what 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 do you mean by born this way? Because if they mean that God intended for me to come out as gay, then I would say no, because obviously that is against um that that is against biblical principle, um, homosexuality, all sexuality outside of marriage is wrong. Um, so I, I so that that right there gets nipped in the bud, but um. What I, what normally what I say is this is that I mean if you if if you believe that you were born with these affections okay so what we were all born with the proclivity to sin um, and our sin shows up in different ways um, but the but the point is is that as it says in Second Corinthians what well, chapter five and seventeen sixteen I think through eighteen that we are new creatures in Christ and so the old has gone and the new has come. So whether or not you were born this way doesn't mean that you stay that way. Amen. You're a new creature. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. We're, we're, we're redeemed. Uh, We're born again due to the spirit of God. And so that, that's still not an excuse to um, allow yourself to live a lifestyle that, um, that is not biblical. And yeah, you know, I like you know you said initially. Even if 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 I even go there, because I I find myself when I hear this too, I find myself not even really um, direct spending a lot of time here because it's like you said, um, you know, to sit there and debate if there's a a gay gene um, that I mean, how mm-hmm. much time and how much you know how many studies and this are you going to be going through? I don't. I, the, the the point remains is that we're all born sinners, right? And we all we all need a savior. And our uh, because of right. our fallen nature, we, we act out in different ways. And this yes. being against God's word is one of those ways. And so um, uh, th- that that to me is is the crux of the matter. As you explained, um, it doesn't mean mm-hmm. because um, something uh, because I'm operating in a certain space or doing a certain uh, thing. Mm-hmm. That that it's right, mm-hmm. or because I feel right. because I feel these 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 emotions or attractions mm-hmm. that it's uh, that it's right, um, right. And then uh, how about uh, it's all about who you love, you know, love. You know, our mantra uh, of this generation is love, right? Love wins, love, mm-hmm. love, love. Um, and um, loving some, just because if I love some, if I love someone, how can that be sin? Well, um, yeah, we get this one a lot. You know, it's interesting. Um, <clears throat> I saw that um, Sonny Hostin, who is a, a media person, 
and and she's on a sh- on a couple shows and um she said that she is a catholic considers herself a christian she's a catholic and that her that they had the gay pride parade and that she was going to take her children to the gay pride parade because Jesus is love and Jesus would be there with pride also um celebrating the pride parade and the LGBTQ lifestyle and all of that um because love is love and Jesus is love and i heard that and i was like man like this is this is permeating our society um it's it's deeper than about it it's 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 about how you're loving and right. there was a biblical mandate for how we love. Mm-hmm. And loving someone, okay. saying loving someone is not sin, what 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 you may prescribe as love and what the Bible is prescribing as love are two different things. And mm-hmm. even mm-hmm. when we talk about this issue and people say, oh, well, you're not loving because you're telling people they're wrong. No, 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 no. Because I love you, I have to tell you the truth. Love mm-hmm. is rooted in truth. Love is rooted in goodness, in the goodness of God, in the, in the morality, and the truth of God. And mm-hmm. so if we're going to love people properly, then we have to love people based on the boundaries that the Bible has given us. Right. And, and know, quite again, frankly, if we're a Christian, you love God more. Absolutely. Um, you know, he talks about, you know, loving, uh, you know, him before uh loving God before mother, father, sister, brother, and, you know, even how the sword, yes. you know, comes between, but between family mm-hmm. and that. Um, and, again, what is your definition of love? <laughs> you know, where where are we, right. where are we starting? Or the definition of love mean that absolutely anything goes, that, you know, um, you can't say anything wrong. You know, so these are, these are questions that our culture, again, throws out uh, these slogans, and it sounds mm-hmm. good. It sounds very compassionate, but objectively, what you know, what what's really being said here? Um, right. Also, what about um, you know? We t- kind of hit on that a little bit earlier, but if God didn't want me to feel this way, He would have uh, taken these feelings away. And um, as we mm-hmm. find out, there are even believers who mm-hmm. uh, have same-sex attraction, uh, and they don't act upon it. Who don't act upon it? Who don't live that lifestyle? Right. But they have feelings. So, is would if God um, truly loves us, would He in fact would He in fact take these feelings away? Um, I I, I would say is my my follow up question would be is God obligated to? Mm-hmm. Um, you know we are again we're born in a world of sin, but God has given us the remedy of that, and that's Jesus. That's faith in Jesus. That's that's repentance and the forgiveness of sin and new life in Jesus. So it, yeah. it's not about whether or not he would take the feelings away, but it's about understanding that he's given you the remedy to deal with those feelings in the proper way. And that, that's, not, that's not a popular message, but right. it's the truth. Because God loves mm-hmm. you so much, the Bible tells us what in, in Hebrews chapter 4, I think it's like around verse 15, where the Bible says that we have a high priest who's able to sympathize with us in our weaknesses. And I was looking this up a little while ago, and in the Greek, what it's saying is is that it affected him the way that it affected us. 
So Jesus understands what it is like to deal with these feelings. And isn't it amazing that Jesus, that God understood what it was like to deal with these feelings and what he gave us was Jesus. He, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? Like it's not about taking the feelings away. (laughs) <laughs> what he thought was yeah. best to deal with this kind of thing was Jesus. Jesus. And Jesus, you know, and and Kim, that's that's the that's the message that we through these through all of these questions that one may have, every one of them points to Jesus. You know, as we as mm-hmm. we talk as we talk through this, right? Everyone talks mm-hmm. to everyone points to <laughs> the perfect righteous nature and son of God, our savior. So, mm-hmm. yes, I feel this way, but I have a perfect God, you know, who is who's perfect, who I can have a perfect relationship, who I can have a beautiful relationship with, you know, and that mm-hmm. um, these feel, though these feelings may exist, I still have access to Christ. He has, he has given me his, will give me his spirit to help me um, on a moment by moment basis to, to deal mm-hmm. with the struggle, right? And mm-hmm. um, it also is an opportunity to point to, to, uh, to the to glorification, right? As we're um, yes. even as believers, as we're struggling, <laughs> and and golly, yes. I got my struggle. Goodness, uh, yeah, we like, all do. Yes. <laughs> as we're struggling, <laughs> we we know that the struggle will end at some point. That we there yes. will be a time we will not struggle with sin. That when when mm-hmm. either we go to be with him or he comes back for us, that that mm-hmm. struggle is mm-hmm. going to be mm-hmm. done. Sin is going to be mm-hmm. going to be dealt away with, so we can we have something to look forward to, and that we can point people Absolutely. to. Absolutely, um, is that that future hope? So thank thank the mm-hmm. Lord for that. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. And uh, here's the toughie one, and and uh, I know mm-hmm. um, Dr. Brown's done a lot of work on this, and it's yeah. You know, can you be gay and Christian? This is, is probably the, this is probably the one that I get the most. Um, questions mm-hmm. about and the most backlash about um, because there mm-hmm. I, I don't know if people realize it but there is a quickly growing gay Christianity movement and um, and I'm actually going to be talking about it at the uh, the, the conference in October but um, and, and really yeah and and, and really dealing with that um, let me let me give a plug for the conference real quick National Conference sure. of Christian Apologetics, um, Southern Evangelical Seminary um, holds that uh, every year at uh, in Charlotte uh, at Calvary Church. That will be this October 11th and 12th. It's a Friday and Saturday. Uh, over mm-hmm. 45, uh, I think it's 45 speakers. So Kim is going to be speaking. So you want to be there. You want to. I mean, there's going to be uh, a, a litany of of different apologists speaking on a uh, number mm-hmm. different topics. So. I'll link that also in our show description here. So mm-hmm. you definitely want to get there to Charlotte. So, okay, go ahead. Kim. Absolutely. About that. <laughs> no, no, no. You, no, no, no. Please put the plug in. Yeah. People need to be there. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of you great things happening there. there. Mm-hmm. Um, so can you be gay and Christian? No. And um, the, the reason I say that um, uh, is because a Christian is somebody who what? is a follower of Jesus who is Christ-like. That's what it is. And so homosexuality is a sin that the Bible tells us that you cannot, with if you have not repented, 
you can you cannot inherit the kingdom of God with that. That is First Corinthians chapter six, verse nine. So you cannot be someone who has active who has willingly and is actively submitting their life to a sin that Jesus has told us to repent from and call yourself a Christian. If we use that line of logic for other things and say, I am a thieving Christian, no, that mm-hmm. makes no sense. If we say <laughs> I am I am a um I am a murdering Christian, it makes mm-hmm. no sense. People would look at yeah. you like you are crazy if you would if you were <laughs> to say that. So it is right. the same way. Um, no, we are called to a level of of humility and and righteousness before God as Christians. And so you cannot pick up a lifestyle that God told you to repent from. It it, it just doesn't make sense. And it's like right. it's not a comforting message. It's it's not a comforting answer. But it is the truth. You cannot be gay and Christian. Now, what you can be is a Christian who has who is same sex attracted but has decided not to follow and adopt that lifestyle that may come with being same-sex attracted. And I think sometimes that's where people get it mixed up. And what people have to do is they have to be careful because society is so ready to put a label on things. So as soon as somebody has a same-sex attraction, they're homosexual. No, 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 no. You let's right. let's figure out what's going on here first. No, 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 no. You don't say that. You don't. Mm-hmm. Just because you're same sex attracted doesn't mean that you're homosexual. If you, you know, it doesn't mean that you have to take on that identity or that label. No, no, no. But you cannot be gay yeah. and be a Christian. Gay Christianity is not biblical. Yeah, and I, that's one. You know, with with my students, I tell them, you know, with questions like these and with issues like these, you gotta you have to flush it out. What what is yes. you know, what do you mean by that? What do you mean if you're if you're asking can mm-hmm. you be gay and a Christian? Do you mean can I be actively living in homosexuality um as a practice in Christian? Or are you saying that um one is saying that's attracted, not acting upon it? Mm-hmm. What exactly are you asking me here? So I think asking the clarifying questions helps. But again the ident I think what you're pointing at is the identity. Taking on that identity of of, mm-hmm. of homosexuality, taking on that identity of gayness. And, and and merging that with my Christianity can't mm-hmm. be done because there's no such thing as sinful Christianity, right? You have Christians who sin, um, but you don't have this merger of uh, where we merge our sin with our Christianity and, and, and you know, it's kumbaya that this does not work with mm-hmm. the scriptures. Um, mm-hmm. So very, very good point. So, but again, clarifying uh, what people uh, are asking is, is, a, is a very good starting point um, there. Um, how about this? Um, Jesus never talked about marriage. <laughs> oh well, I mean, well, that's not true. If we just go to like if we go to Matthew chapter yep. nineteen, we see him talking about marriage there, and even <clears throat> and people will bring that up a lot. Um, even if even if Jesus never explicitly mentioned the word homosexuality, we can see God's design for for marriage and sexuality throughout Scripture starting in Genesis. So that, and, and we see homosexuality mentioned in the Old Testament. So that, that is not a valid um, reason. Also, we, we don't, we don't, uh, we don't see Jesus talking about um, um, bestiality, but yet that's wrong. 
Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. we don't we don't there there are other things that we don't see Jesus talking about other other sexual issues or other sins in general that we know are wrong. We don't see Jesus mention mm-hmm. incest to my knowledge, but incest is wrong. And we don't talk. Of, I mean, you don't. You know, it, it, you know, with the pro-life uh, movement, and I, and I know we both have that connection as well, uh, being mm-hmm. uh, engaged in that pro-life activism. You don't see specifically about abortion, right? Like, you don't see right. this one verse that says, "Do not, you know, do not kill your baby in the womb." But we see enough of right. scripture that 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 affirms the sanctity of human life. That you, yes. it's a direct inference, right? You. When you put the yes. whole of scripture together, you make this case, right? And so um, that's something uh, that people need to understand too. Like just, but like you said, that's just a direct, uh, uh, not a, an untruth. <laughs> um, Jesus uh, definitely affirmed what marriage should be and in his standard. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what about judging? Should we judge people? Is that I mean, is this is it wrong to judge people? No, we make I mean, judges I'll every day. Safe. <laughs> you know, uh, we we <laughs> you judged what you were going to put on today. You you made the judgment to put on clothes before you went outside mm-hmm. today. We all did, and we thank the Lord for that. <laughs> you know, yeah, you know, you right. you made the judgment to do your hair a certain way. You made a judgment on who to marry. You made a judgment on who to talk to. We all make judgments every day. The issue here mm-hmm. is not judging itself because we all do that. We would all be hypocritical if we said judging was bad. The issue here is, is that it's the kind of moral judgment that people don't like that Christians make based on the Bible. And so judging has become synonymous with condemning. So because Mm -hmm. I'm saying, I'm telling you something is wrong based on the Bible, and you're hearing me condemning you, and that's Mm -hmm. not what it is. Now, people are doing that. Now, that's wrong. We shouldn't be condemning people. But yeah, we should be right. made, as the Bible says, making right just as Jesus said, making righteous judgment. You know, and, mm-hmm. and as Christians, our standard is the Bible. So when people tell me not to judge, you know, I'll say, okay, well, so how do we deal with your judgment on my judgment right now? <laughs> right. Yeah, the logic of it all. Yeah, you know, stuff to see the nature of it. And you know, we talk about um, uh, these judgments and and not judging. It usually, and well, always when we hear that, it's it, in regards to some sort of controversial, moral, ethical mm-hmm. uh, dilemma, mm-hmm. uh, dilemma that people have, and they feel that mm-hmm. uh, to eliminate, uh, to, to silence uh, you from saying that it's wrong, right? From, to silence you from pointing out how it's it's contrary to scripture and contrary to nature and these sort of things. Um, they're just going to say, just you can't judge, and it's wrong to judge. And then that's supposed to be the end of the story, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But it's mm-hmm. only with certain, it's only certain issues, and it's not it, right. when it comes to child abuse or uh, anything mm-hmm. like that. You don't have that same reaction about not judging, um, right? Is the Bible homophobic? Is the Bible homophobic? Um. No, and it depends on what you mean. It, the Bible's not homophobic, period, no matter what definition you use. But people, you know, have different kind of varying definitions for what homophobia is. I'm actually talking about that at our church for our um, our apologetics, the next apologetics thing that we're doing, Melissa, oh, wow. um, in September. So well, I'll, I'll share that with you. Let, yeah, let me know. When, but yeah, that's, that's the there. topic. Yeah, okay, mm-hmm. cool deal. That's actually the topic is 
does Christianity promote yeah. homophobia? So I'll be giving that 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 talk then. But anyway, so um, no, the Bible is not homophobic. The Bible does not the Bible does not support, promote, or encourage the vilifying, the hatred of, the abuse of, the neglect of anybody in the LGBTQ community. Um, the Bible calls us to come along, um, our, our brothers and sisters and even sinners, and to forbear with one another and to love one another. Um, so, no, the Bible is not homophobic, but the Bible does clearly state that homosexuality is wrong. But what people do is now, you know, in the name of tolerance, as some people say now, um, calling something wrong is synonymous with hate in this so-called tolerant society that we have now. So, and I think that's where this whole homophobic issue with Christianity has come into play. Now, are there Christians who are homophobic? Yeah, absolutely. And and, and their ways of acting and their hatred should be rejected. But, But a Christian, but right, but a Christian who who is giving the truth based on the Bible and simply saying that this is a sin is not being homophobic. They're telling you what is right and what is wrong. And that's just what it is. That's just what it is. And, you know, and we, I think with these, uh, with these uh, charges of bigotry, homophobia, um, xenophobia, Mm -hmm. or, or, you know, uh, misogyny. When these terms are thrown out at the Bible or at us, we're holding a biblical position. Um, mm-hmm. We need to just right. Don't get offended. You know, don't get personally offended. Right. Remember, it's, it's right. the truth that the person is wrestling with. They're not wrestling with you. Right. So even when mm-hmm. they may call call you a bigot or call you, you know, what have you. Oh, um, absolutely. Just don't mm-hmm. don't try not try your. I mean, I know it's it's easier said than done, but try your best not mm-hmm. to. I, my husband always says um, to me, um, <laughs> get, get, get out your his face, uh, get out your feelings, you know. Right, <laughs> just, right. Get, just get out your get out your feelings. Listen to what people are saying and engage. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And then uh, and point them and love them and point them to Jesus and give them the truth, right? Um, but right, uh, just we, we should expect that uh, we shouldn't be surprised when these when we're uh, called these things or when we're uh, when we're labeled. We should not be surprised in this culture. So be prepared for it if you're going to take a biblical stance. Be prepared for it. But again, use oh. these, uh, these these object mm-hmm. uh, use these answers to these objections to help a person to think rationally through what they're saying. Mhm. But yeah, I mm-hmm. um, I just I I, I my, yeah my husband he he strips me out he he says like, just get out your feelings and you know he tells me to get right. your feelings and just and have a dialogue you know don't don't right. get, don't get personally offended you know it's gonna happen it's people are gonna say these things um and what about um this is probably one of the more personal ones um that um people genuinely may may feel um does god love me even though i'm gay um absolutely whether you're gay whether you're transgender um absolutely whether you're same sex simply just same sex attracted god does love you the bible says that while we were yet sinners god loved us 
The only reason that we can love God is why? Because he loved us first. That's scripture. So, of course, God loves you. And and, and, and in our finite minds, we could never fathom how deep God's love is for us. And that's why why the, the truth that God would send his only son to die the excruciating death that he that he suffered for us sinners shows the 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 profoundness and 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 the depth and the richness mm. of his love and so absolutely mm. absolutely mm. um you know I, I have a friend who says that <clears throat> I've heard him say before I've heard him tell somebody if if you were the only person on this earth, God still would have sent his son to die for you because he loves you that much, because he loves you that much. Yeah. And I think about that, and, you know, I, I just, I, I think that in the church, some of the ways that we have handled this issue may have made it seem like God doesn't love people, because one of the main ways that God, that people experience God's love is through us. And if we treat people right. who are same-sex attracted or homosexual like they are of another category or they have leprosy right. or they have like this other thing, I don't really want to touch that, then they yeah. perceive God thinking about mm-hmm. them that way. But that's not the that's case. And so I, I think, think that's why do. we as a church have to be careful. We do. You know, I think, you know, we talk about uh, – the sanctity of human life, right? Um, when we're talking about the abortion mm-hmm. issue, but we also have to remember mm-hmm. that throughout a person's life, that one is mm-hmm. one is created by God. They have the image; they're an image bearer of Christ, and mm-hmm. so therefore, they they are loved by God. They are loved by God, mm-hmm. and we we have to remember that. We have to remember that as we mm-hmm. deal with this issue. That, and I and I get it. We are dealing with an um, a very powerful, um, very lucrative. Uh, agenda in the LGBT uh, world. You know, Absolutely. It's highly, highly funded. Um, it, it's getting into our schools. It's getting into the, mm-hmm. the library store. It's, it's everywhere. It's everywhere that we look. And mm-hmm. it can become, mm-hmm. um, you, can, you, can, you can become a bit um, hostile. You know, it, it, it can happen. Um, but I try to, it, it, um, try to tell people to distinguish between the agenda and the people, right? Mm-hmm. The agenda is Satan is using a he's using an agenda. He's using a way a a, a philosophy of life, um, an anti mm-hmm. an anti God anti biblical philosophy of life and 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 of ethics to promote his work. Let's try to distinguish that from the person who's in the agenda. Let's still see mm-hmm. them as an image bearer of Jesus Christ. Who we can love, who we can minister to, and who needs Christ. Like we all, yes. need, we all need, we all need to preach the gospel to ourselves every single day. And I think when we do that, Listen. that mm-hmm. humbles us. When we were um, at that conference up in Boone, when I was talking about this topic, mm-hmm. um, I recognized that we we're talking about, you know, the LGBT movement and agenda. Um, but there was a point when um, I just I had to stop. And uh, I just had to I had to cry a little bit, and I was like, "What the world is going on, Melissa?" But um, what it was was that as I was talking about this issue, um, I was I was think I was seeing faces in my head. I was seeing yes. people in my life that I love, who are who are in this, who were caught up in this, 
And it's mm-hmm. more than just an idea. It's more than just fighting an agenda. It's more than just mm-hmm. fighting a legislative, uh, uh, you know, leg- some legislation. There are people in their souls here that are at stake. And mm-hmm. so for me, it's very it's personal. It's very personal. And mm-hmm. I think we have to look at it like that, you know, in terms of the yes. agenda. And, and let's fight the agenda. Hey, let's go head on. Let, let, we, we, we have to protect our families and our children and our schools and our society and our culture. Um, let's start with prayer, right? Let's pray and ask God for discernment on how to do that effectively and how to do that lovingly. Um, but let's also remember the people who are involved and let's pray for them and love them where they are. Right. And I know that makes a difference in your life. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, I was telling a friend the other day, you know, sometimes it's, for me dealing with, I, I never saw myself even dealing, first of all, even doing what I do now in ministry. I, I mean, I was, I mm-hmm. never saw myself doing, doing this at all, mm-hmm. especially dealing with this Thank issue. Her. And, but <laughs> I, I'm just like, what in the world? God is funny. <laughs> He's very mm-hmm. funny. So, but you know, I come across people who I've known or, and who I, I know, you know, I, I was talking to somebody a while ago who I, who was saying, same-sex attracted, but had decided, you know, that they weren't going to do that, but come to find out they've, they've started living the lifestyle to the point where now they are, as they explained to me, are un, are happily unrepentant doing what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And my, you know, so we were talking about it, and when we finished the conversation and, you know, my heart broke and it brought me mm-hmm. to tears. And it, I honestly, and I'm still wrestling with it now. It, it, it really messed me up for a few days because yeah. of the gravity of the, the gravity and 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 the the seriousness and the, the the danger of the choice that they are making. And I said, wow. God, you know, a part of me was like, man, I don't even want to deal with this issue anymore, because you because you end up doing life with personal. people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, I mean, you, because you love people, and, and so, it's but heavy. then I talked with somebody else who was like, okay, well, you know what, I, I used to do, I'm dealing with this, but Cammy, I decided not to go there, da, da, da. so you, you're dealing with people, and it's, you love people, and it's just, mm-hmm. it's hard. It's heavy. it's heavy, it's hard, it's heavy, it weighs on mm-hmm. you, you, you know, you, you, you think about it, and you sleep, you know, it, it really mm-hmm. weighs on you, um, big time, but, and I, I just, um, I, I hope that, through this broadcast that we, um, believers who are listening, that we come to um, really, uh, that we challenge ourselves, that we challenge mm-hmm. ourselves that we don't, that when we see someone that we know is struggling or living this lifestyle, that we don't run the other direction, right? That right. We, we, Jesus, right. When you, Jesus was, man, I tell you, he was like, talking to everybody that everyone told him not to, right. that everyone thought he shouldn't be right. talking to or dealing with, right? He went to mm-hmm. those people, and that's who he ministered to. And so I think that the equivalent is, is of this today, that we need to be going to these people and speaking to people and loving them and and um, and not and not affirming, obviously, what, what they do, but showing them um, through uh, – through the truths of the scriptures, through the and through the truths mm-hmm. of our lives, and through having uh, being able to have uh, a clear, open dialogue um, 
just to point them to Christ through, through, this, through this name. So in prayer, mm-hmm. oh, my goodness, prayer, 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 mm-hmm. prayer. Prayer. Mm-hmm. How, how, how often are we praying for our loved ones who are caught and trapped because they're, they're blinded? Um, and I, we, I know we didn't get into the whole, um, and I essentially didn't get into the, 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 when the scripture talks about homosexuality as an abomination and how that fits mm-hmm. in terms of the, the sin and, um, and, and what that means. But there, there is a, a very, there's a nature when it comes to our sexuality. And this is when, whether mm-hmm. you're fornicating, or, you know, with, with the person mm-hmm. of the opposite sex or not, there's something very um, deep, emotional, um, and intimate about sexual relations um, that clouds mm-hmm. us, that uh, clouds our vision from Christ and we're engaged in it and, and we're engaged in sexual immorality. And so we have to be praying. We have to be praying for um, eyes to be opened, for hearts to be changed, um, and for mm-hmm. for um, souls to come to the point of Christ. So, um, Kimmy, this mm-hmm. has been a very good, uh, enlightening um, reminder for me, encouragement, um, and just, I think, through your life and just seeing how, um, and, and there's a number, I'm thinking about, like, Rosaria Butterfield and, and, and Christopher Yon and, and those who were in the LGBT lifestyle who are now out and who are helping mm-hmm. Uh, the church and who are ministering to those mm-hmm. in the LGBT community, um, God is is He has ultimate say so, and mm-hmm. this is not this is not the unpardonable sin. God mm-hmm. can, God saves and heals and delivers, and He can use mm-hmm. this actually for an amazing testimony to reach others because mm-hmm. He can reach those some that that some of us may not be able to reach because we haven't experience what they experience and they they don't they may not hear us out you know but they may hear you mm-hmm. out from because you have the mm-hmm. personal experience so i just i thank you for um not only sharing your wisdom on this but just your passion mm-hmm. i mean you i was i was telling somebody um uh, after you talked at the youth apologetics conference i was like Candy hodges is is up and coming lady powerful <laughs> college here because um because you communicate truth in such a passionate way that it that it makes you want to dig and wants you makes you want to learn, um, and a lot of people don't have that ability to uh, to to transfer their their passion and to 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 for it to motivate people. But I, I appreciate that about you. I appreciate uh, Thank your you. uncompromising sense for truth and, and and doing ministry with you. And and I look forward to doing a lot more actually. And so uh, absolutely to hear to hear more from Tammy. Um, again, make sure you go to scs.edu uh, and look at uh, the information about the National Conference on Christian Apologetics um, coming up in October, two full days of training on every type of apologetic and biblical worldview issue that you can imagine, and, and everyone um, mm-hmm. who, uh, who's who, uh, who we can be learning from are going to be there, including Cammie. So, um, Cammie, I thank you for being with us. I thank you listeners for uh, your time and share this uh, this podcast. Um, Share it with your friends who are struggling. Share it with um, your pastors. Share it with those your, ministry, your friends in ministry. Um, share it far and wide so that we can start a dialogue and a conversation, um, and that we can start making an impact um, and and, uh, and turning the culture around um, in, in this area. So we we thank you again for being here, Cami. Thank you, listeners. Um, yeah. God bless everyone, and we shall see you next week on another episode of Theology Matters with the Police. God bless.